It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six is the time. It's a Thursday, and I swear I can see Christmas from here. See, I thought I was going to say Friday, didn't you? Yeah, it's not too far away. The big fat guy in the red suit who lied to you about uh, getting you that little red wagon will be coming down your chimney. He better have guns because if he's not delivering guns in Wyoming, he'll be shot at. You know how this works. Okay, I'm just trying to get everybody in the Christmas spirit, right? Okay. Warning. Your host for this radio show occasionally utters offensive words like Merry Christmas. Some callers to this show might return the greeting. All opinions are welcome on Wake Up Wyoming, but woke holiday buzzkills will be canceled. In the same way, they are trying to cancel everyone else's good vibes. To our Jewish friends, Happy Hanukkah. And to the atheists out there, may the Big Bang be with you. And if none of that holiday jazz really floats your boat, remember, best of us is for the rest of us. So quick, just a quick update on yesterday's main story. Uh, of course, California is another state that wants to get on the bandwagon and get Trump kicked off the ballot. It's gone to the Supreme Court. It'll be settled there. So just wait for that. And I think the big argument that I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it today. We talked about it at length yesterday is he hasn't been convicted of anything. So therefore, they can't do this. For those people who really want him kicked off the ballot, fine. Have him convicted of an insurrection in a court of law and then you have a case. But he has that hasn't happened. So you can't do that. But, okay, California and maybe some other states will want to try to jump on that bag and wagon. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. In the meantime, all they're doing is making people who may have been riding the fence about Trump mad because of what they're doing to Trump, and so they'd be more likely to vote for him. It's not helping. Look, when you think of the kind of person who's a Trump supporter, it's not hurting Trump. This helps him among his supporters. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. And then also the way Biden plays out, whether he stays in the race or not, considering the condition he's in. All right. Let's go on to a different kind of story. Because, again, so much of the program yesterday was on that. And we just have to wait to see what the Supreme Court does in order to settle this question. Until then, there's nothing really new happening in that vein. So let's go take a look at some big numbers in America California's got it the worst, but across America. Ooh, ain't got no home. I know place Ain't got no home. I know place I'm a lonely boy. I ain't got a home. Remembering Rush Limbaugh, Clarence Frogman Henry. I love the thing. Really, you don't, but okay. Like it kind of sounds like a frog. I'm a boy. Yeah, I can't get a woman. I understand I why. This song made really big when Rush Limbaugh was in the early years of his radio program. Used this for his homeless update. Now that Rush Bow is gone, I'm honoring not just the frogman, but Rush Limbaugh and his memory by playing this for my homeless updates. Why I selected it. I ain't got a don't sound like a girl. Really don't. Helium would have been better. No, 
you're not. Now, again, the, the frog part, I guess it's passable for a frog. But for me, what a frog really sounds like, I'm, I've am i got Kermit stuck in my head. That's what I think frogs really sound like. Anyway, back to the frog, man. I ain't got a mother. Okay, so all of this to bring us into some, well, frightening news regarding homelessness. See, back in the years of Rush Limbaugh, the reason that he played this song and talked about homelessness is because homeless advocates were saying that homelessness was much worse than it really was. A lot of the numbers were overinflated. Like, when, for instance, when we look at the cult of climate change, they talk about a climate crisis and weather and so on it being far worse than it actually is. When we look at the numbers, we realize they're just lying about it. And that's what Limbaugh was pointing out back then. But today... We actually have a problem in America. U.S. homelessness is at its highest in 15 years, and just four states account for more than half of that population. In a nation with an estimated 653,000 homeless, California leads the way with 28% of the total population, according to the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Coupled with rising rental prices, many people simply can't afford. California not only has the largest homeless population, it also has the nation's largest share of homeless living on the streets with two-thirds of them living outside in cars, tents, or other makeshift shelters instead of temporary housing or indoor shelters. That's 49% of all people on the streets in the U.S. For comparison, New York, which also has one of the country's largest homeless populations, only about 5% live on the streets. California's growing number of people on the streets comes despite billions of dollars invested in emergency rental assistance and emergency housing vouchers and an overall increase in available beds. The country's homelessness has spiked 12% since last year. That's pretty bad. And this report goes on to talk to the head of HUD about what America is doing about and the federal government is doing about homelessness. And, of course, HUD needs more money, of course, and they want to build all sorts of homes and apartments and shelters and so on. And I look at that and think, and once again, they're not really addressing what the issue is. You want to solve this problem, you actually have to go with the issue. As an example of that. So when it comes to solving murder, well, some people would say, well, get rid of guns. Uh, but if you get rid of guns, the murder rate doesn't go down. That's been shown time and time again. In fact, sometimes the murder rate even goes up without guns. That's been shown as well. So... The problem isn't the tool they're using, it's the fact that these people want to commit murder. When it comes to homelessness, the idea, well, we'll just build them a bunch of homes. We'll build them apartments and houses and there, problem solved. And it's been shown that that doesn't solve the problem. You might think, well, we gave them a house, problem solved, right? No. Actually, usually if they do take the house at all, they tend to destroy it. We've seen that. I remember in Atlanta, Georgia, some time ago, they built all sorts of affordable housing, big high-rise apartments, and brought all these people into it. And it was in a very few years, just a few short years, they had to tear down those buildings because the buildings had been destroyed. And then the drugs and the crime and so on, the, the, just the worst places, the most dangerous places. 
in Atlanta to live was in a public housing project. So they got rid of a lot of their public housing. So what then is the problem? And and there is where you've got to actually figure out why does someone become homeless in the first place? Now, in some cases, we have a friend that calls in from time to time. She's in Chugwater, Wyoming. Her name is Kay. And uh, she's a older woman who just hit a rough point in her life. And she's in California where prices are outrageous. And she wound up on the street, not because she wasn't trying. She got her way out of it by finding an affordable place to live, and that was buying a house in Chugwater, Wyoming. In California, she was homeless, but she can live in Chugwater, Wyoming. She can afford that. There's a lot of different reasons that people become homeless, and we can go through all the different reasons why, but you got to solve that problem. You actually got to figure out why is this person on the street and solve for that. And as I pointed out many times before, government programs often don't make things better. A lot of times it's government programs that made the situation in the first place. And then government trying to solve the problem they created makes it even worse. And that's part of what we're seeing here. That's one of the reasons why in California it's so bad. California, they created a problem. They exacerbate it by trying to solve the problem. And so, yeah, America does have a homeless problem right now. And even here in a state like Wyoming, you've seen some of it. If you really want to solve the problem, you got to figure out how did that person wind up in this situation and what can we do to get them to get up to get out of it. And also get the government out of the way, if anything. Because they're not making the situation better, they're making it worse. It's not surprising to me that California would have such a high homeless problem when you consider the mess that California is in. And the runner-up to that would be New York. Not a surprise at all. Now, the reporter here, very lovely-looking young lady, Lauren Taylor is her name, as she tells the story, and I wonder, did she, I don't know if she wrote the story or is she just reading the story here? I don't know the answer to that. Because a lot of times... Uh, news anchors and reporters, they're just reading what was put in front of them. So they didn't actually do the research themselves. So I don't know if she did or didn't, but she seems to be uh, following the line of, well, what we need to do is just get them more shelters. Again, you're not solving the core problem. If you don't solve the core problem, you're never going to solve the problem at all. 617, wake up one. Glenn Woods to you, not at you. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. 624 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. So thank you, Al. Al's in Hillsboro. He's nailed it here. You just made me remember something. I'll get to in just a moment. So we're talking about homelessness, and it's a big problem right now here in America. And about tw- not surprising, California has about 28% of the nation's homeless. Now, in the news story I was playing for you, right away the reporter and also the head of HUD for the federal government were talking about solving the homeless problem. I, well, we need more subsidies to help people get into apartments. And we need to build more apartments and housing to get people into Because, you know, the problem is solved by handing out things, right? That's how you solve homelessness? Not necessarily. Alan Hillsborough, Oprah failed doing gifts to welfare people. 
Yes, you're right. Just so you know, no, I did not sit around watching Oprah all the time. But I did see this one episode. I I saw it advertised. I'm making my excuses for watching Oprah. I saw it advertised. I thought, oh, I got to see this. They had taken several hundred thousand dollars. And Al, if I remember right, it was like $250,000 cash. There was a homeless guy that lived in an area. So they put it in a briefcase in a dumpster where he would find it. I don't know why they didn't just walk up and hand it to him, but okay. And then he told them that they had given him the money. So now this homeless guy has $250,000. So his problems are solved, right? He's going to get back on his feet? Well, first thing he does is go out and clean himself up. That's nice. Get himself a place to stay. That's nice. He's got to buy himself a car. Then he's got to buy a car for someone that he's friends with. Uh, I think it was a family member, actually. But anyway, he starts spending all the money. Within a year, he's not only broke again, he's in debt. And he's back out on the street. Within a year, back out on the street. Which shows that homelessness is not necessarily because, well, you know, evil capitalism and so on. In many cases, it's a matter of behavior. Now, sometimes people just hit on hard times. It happens. People who are really good, decent, hardworking people, hey, life happens, things go wrong, suddenly they find themselves in a bad spot and need help. That does happen. But there's other people out there who are making really poor choices. It's like when you take a look at lottery winners. Someone wins a few million dollars in the lottery, and within a year or two, they're not just broke, they're in debt. How did that happen? Because they don't know what to do with money. It's their behavior that put themselves in that situation. So that's why I say when it comes to solving homelessness in America, and we have a big problem right now, and most of it is in California. The story says United States homelessness has reached its highest rate in 15 years. In fact, the peak that we're at right now, a lot of it happened within the past year. Two-thirds of the homeless population in California live outdoors, cars, tents, and so on. Uh, 49% of all individuals on the street in the U.S., approximately five, well, it goes into state-by-state what's going on. I'll skip down to that. Uh, Let's see, down to more of the problem. The interview of you people, okay. And, of course, here's the Secretary of HUD. We want to solve this problem. You know, we got to give people subsidies to get them into apartments. we got to build more apartments. we got to build more houses. So is that really going to solve the problem? I don't think it is. Because what we really do have to do is solve a behavioral problem for most of these people. Some it's just poor life choices in general, you know. But for some people, I mean, not working hard, you know, that... Yeah, laziness can be a problem. Drug addiction is another problem. Hey, we can give a whole list of reasons why people become homeless, or even in some cases, in some cases, choose to be homeless. Jane Casper, climate, not climate change, and motivation has more to do with homelessness than economics. Hmm? Okay. I just think we don't solve the problem just by giving people a home. Because we've tried that in the past. We've actually tried that in the past. And that didn't work. The problem goes deeper than they don't have a house or an apartment to stay in. 
there's something else going on that needs to be solved. And a lot of it, for not all of them, but for most of them, is behavioral issues that we've got to solve. Changing the way they treat themselves more than anything else. All right, coming up on some local news, right after local news, update on your weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again. That weather forecast, we still don't have the weekend quite worked out. Don Day will explain. Let's wake up, Wyoming. When you need to know quicker than the morning paper or the 5 o'clock news, you need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio. Starting six the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Okay, so since I was going through the homeless thing just a moment ago, the people who want to solve homelessness in government mainly really don't know anything about homelessness. And that's why they just say, well, give them homes. But that doesn't actually solve the problem. If you think that's going to solve the problem, you don't understand what's going on. Now, another example, since most homelessness in America exists in California. I wish we Probably the best parody satirical song put out by Babylon B with the Beach Boys. And they are, by the way, leaving California in droves. It's not just the middle class that's leaving California. A lot of homeless people stay there because there's all sorts of handouts, which, by the way, California is running out of money for those handouts. Actually, they're way out of money already. But then, of course, corporations are packing up and leaving. Hold that thought on corporations. Here's the first one. Wealthy taxpayers are fleeing California. Yeah, Well, California needs the money because it's deeply in debt right now. Wealthy taxpayers are fleeing California, hurting the economy and the budget of the governments that have raised the cost of living in the Golden State. The reversal largely in response to the state's high taxes and soaring cost of living have begun to damage California's overall economy and by cutting into tax revenues has delivered punishing blows to local governments. So now, the state budget, currently about $68 billion in the red, and California keeps talking about spending more and more and more. Uh, some counties, some cities, and other taxing authorities, particularly San Francisco, are also recording revenue declines because of all the wealthy people living. Now, just packing up and going somewhere else. Many of them to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. But all right, with that, here's the next story. Nearly 36% of San Francisco office space is currently vacant. That's because of a lot of big corporations packing up and leaving San Francisco, which used to be the place to be if you're a big business you went to New York, you went to L.A., you parked yourself in San Francisco. San Francisco's amount of vacant office space, it says, has reached the highest level ever recorded in the city's history. According to preliminary fourth quarter data provided by real estate brokerage, 
uh, CBRE, the city's vacant rate ticked up nearly two percentage points from the previous quarter. That's just one quarter, reaching 35.9% at the end of the year. In September, that was 33.9%, which also was the previous record high, with companies still generally giving up more space than they're taking. San Francisco is now the 16th straight quarter of occupancy losses for 16 straight quarters. They've experienced losses of occupancy. Office vacancy rates in San Francisco hit an all-time high during the pandemic, but it's gone up since then. All right, you get the idea. I mean, I can keep digging into, but you know some of the reasons that so many people are leaving, and it has it's something to do with taxes, of course, regulations, of course. That's just been insane. But then, of course, the city's become very dangerous at the same time. And so, so many people are just packing up and leaving, which is why I loved... I'm not really a huge Sean Hannity fan. I know he's a decent guy. I don't dislike him, but I've just never really been that into his into his radio or television show. But I thought he pulled off a real good one when he got both the governor of Florida debating the governor of California, and I watched some of it, and all DeSantis did. Well, all the governor of California did was lie. That's all he did. He made up things and he just lied. And he uh, in, just continued to attack the character of the governor of Florida. But he really didn't have a case to make. And he couldn't because so many people are packing up and leaving the state because it's impossible to live there. And those people who are staying there, many of them have become homeless. And I personally have met people. That's where I started this whole conversation at the beginning of this hour, homelessness. I personally have met people that in anywhere else they'd be doing just fine financially. They'd be making a good living and financially doing just fine. But in California, they can't make it financially. It's just impossible at this point. And a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it has to do with an overbearing government. And they continue to be overbearing. They're not getting less overbearing. They're getting more overbearing. It would be nice... If the people of California were to realize the problem that they put themselves in and just start electing different kinds of people, that's really all they have to do. Bring that Ronald Reagan back type. Find someone like Ronald Reagan, bring him back. Because he's the one who saved California and the country. Find someone like that to do it again. Uh, California can be saved with the right people in charge. All right, weather forecast for the weekend. We know a little bit more, but not a lot. Here's Don. Like a strong cup of coffee in the morning. Tasteless, but it'll get you through the day. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six forty-eight is the time. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino's I'm waiting by. Frank on that ridiculously large television they put in my studio. I come in this morning and I turn on the regular news channel that I monitor when I'm on the air here, and somebody had changed the channel to one of those Hallmark holiday. Oh no! Shows. They're all the same. Oh, God. Well, first off, I thought I recognized the living room. You because know, it's I mean, the same. Yes, right. And then I'm watching the guy talking to the lady, and I'm thinking, I bet you I know 
what this conversation is. You know, there's a matchmaker. Yes. These two people meet. Sure. They've got issues. Okay, so she's they correct from, their issues. Yeah, she's from the city, and she's very successful, but for some odd reason, single. She comes back to her hometown and meets this guy that he used to always ask her out, but she always blew him off. Oh, And yeah. he still lives in the small town, yeah, and yeah. he's successful in a small town way. But then she finds out that even though she thought she, he was always boring, it turns out he's really secretly rich because he invented something or whatever and has, like, tons of money. But now she's got to figure out how to leave the big city and move back to the small town again. And there's the conflict, right? And so, of course, there's the bad music in the background. Basically, they have one set, the same actors in the same script. Why does anybody watch this? Wait, wait, but she's a gold digger? Well, she and, already had her own oh, she's money. Oh, she's already got gold. But it, when she found out that he was actually successful and not some boring guy who never achieved anything, she's more impressed now. Oh. In other words, everything she thought about him was completely wrong. Maybe the guy should have said, you know what, you had your chance 15, yes, 20 well, there years there you ago. go, yeah. But she is. Uh, she doesn't want to leave the city, and he doesn't want to leave the country. Okay, so Glenn, what do they Glenn, do? Glenn, Glenn, stop. Yes. Why, why do you know this story? Okay, because everybody knows this story. I've never did, watched did, the Hallmark oh. Channel, but everybody knows the Hallmark Channel story. Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe you actually had watched no. this thing, and then we're just reviewing no, it I'm for standing us. there watching this without, with the sound off. Oh, 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 oh. I know this story because Hallmark always does put, the same. Put story. your own dialogue. So in then there. I turned the sound on, and within a minute and a half, I had both a headache. <laughs> yeah. And I understood the entire plot. I was right about everything. See, there you go. Well, the Wyoming Cowboy football team with new head coach Jay Sawvell announced their latest recruiting class for the early signing period. Four in-state players are in that group, and the big one literally is Sheridan lineman Alex Haswell. He was an all-state lineman on offense and defense and was named the 4-8 lineman of the year. Three other in-state guys earned preferred walk-on status, which means that you don't have a scholarship right now, but you could get one down the road. And that includes Cheyenne East running back Drew Jackson, who was an all-state running back for the T-Birds in 4A and an all-state defensive back. Also getting a preferred walk-on spot is Cheyenne South kicker Keelan Anderson, who is the real deal. He kicked a 61-yard field goal this past season and was named All-State. Another preferred walk-on from in-state guys is Douglas offensive lineman Tegan Seeds. He was a 3A All-State pick on the O-line this past season and named the 3A lineman of the year. Also, Jay Sauvel has hired Aaron Bull as the team's defensive coordinator, the son of outgoing head coach Craig Bull. Aaron has been the Cowboys linebacker coach uh, since 2020 and joined the UW staff as a grad assistant in Sawvell needs to hire an offensive coordinator now with Tim Polisek leaving to be the head coach at North Dakota State. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys improved the 7-4 with a 78-65 win over South Dakota State in that uh, Sun Bowl tournament in El Paso. 78-65 the final. The Cowboys reeled off 12 straight points in the second half to give them some cushion. A quail cut led the way for UW with 22 points on 8-14 from the floor. Polk shot 50% from the field and will play Utah tonight in the Sun Bowl tournament. The Miners edge Norfolk State last night, 67-65. That Cowboy game versus UTEP starts at 7 p.m. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Women's College basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls are in Las Vegas for a tournament. They will meet Wright State this afternoon at 3.30 Mountain Time. Cowgirls have lost three in a row and they sit at four and five on the year. So UW will play Wright State this afternoon and Eastern Washington in that Vegas tournament tomorrow. Wyoming Cowboy wrestling team absorbed a 31-9 dual loss to ninth-rated Oklahoma State on Tuesday in Laramie. Pokes did have two wins as Jory Volk 
Smoke prevailed at 125 pounds. He's rated ninth in the country and last week beat the number one guy in the nation in that weight class, Richard Figueroa of Arizona State in the Reno tournament. UW also got a win at 197 pounds thanks to Joey Novak who's rated 15th in the country. Cowboys will be in a big tournament in Iowa next Friday and next Saturday. That's it in sports. Have you finished your Christmas shopping? I'm done. Okay, good. Has it been sent? It, it will be hand-delivered. <laughs> okay, good. That's, that's better. All right. So now you can relax. Right. Now, no, no, and that's for that's for everyone else, you know. Uh-huh. So, so, did, did you ever thought about buying something for yourself I for do Christmas? every year. Oh, okay. Next break, I'll explain to you why every year I buy myself a Christmas present. Okay. I also buy myself a birthday present. There's a reason for it. All right. I, 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 I'm waiting. All right. Okay. We'll do next hour. It's coming up on some local business. That we have to take care of right after that gets into national news and local news. Update on the weather forecast. Dawn Day is on at 745 live with me as we try to dig in a little bit more to the weekend forecast. There's still a lot of questions. Then you and I will get back into it again. 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Six to time. It's wake up, my Wyoming. I'm gonna give you guys something to smile about. I hope, knowing this audience the way that I do. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number, by the way, that's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. You can talk about what I'm talking about or change the subject. I'll do that early. Although I haven't played the official open phones thing yet. Just imagine that happened. All right. So, so many things have gone woke, and it drives us nuts because we're just trying to live the lives we love. It really bothered me. At first, I was happy a few years ago when Maxim Magazine came out. I was really happy with Maxim Magazine because basically it said, screw you to everybody. And they would have this really hot chick on the front. Uh, Whatever it was, they would sit, just take some gorgeous woman and put it on the cover every single time. And then in the magazine, they had stories that men liked. And they talked sports, and they talked building things, and hot cars, and, you know. They had a section where they told dirty jokes that guys would love. And when the politically correct crowd came around and said, you can't do that, Maxim Magazine said, this is a magazine for real men, okay? Well, over the years, Maxim Magazine has slowly but surely given in, and they're just not what they used to be. Then I read this. Anti-woke beer makes splash for saving women's sports with Riley Gaines' calendar and fundraiser. Oh, really? Self-described anti-woke beer company that took off following Bud Light's advancement uh, after the whole Dylan Mulvaney controversy, recently championed raising thousands of dollars for Riley Gaines' center as she fights. I'm looking at some of the pictures here. She looks great. Of course, she always does. Conservative dad's ultra-right beer. That's what they call ultra-right beer. Came up with the Riley Gaines women's sports 
uh, Real Women of America. And it's your typical sports calendar, by the way. So, yeah, Riley Gaines is in a tiny little bikini. And so are many other women who are sports champions. And they're raising money for Riley Gaines to continue her fight as it is. But here's the Real Women of America sports calendar. Uh, it, it says on the front of it, Conservative Dads, Real Women of America, 2024 calendar. And there's a picture of Riley Gaines on the front, and wow. Okay. And there's a whole cover of her and other women of sports on the inside that you guys would just love. So I just like it when somebody says, no, you know something, we're just going to go the other way. Now, on that note, let's go ahead and make your favorite person and mine really mad. Yeah, Greta Thunberg has not really had such a good year after all. How dare you? Well, you imagine being in some nightclub dancing to this? Okay, so here's the deal. First off, there's another wind project that's dead. Well, that's good news. Icebreaker Wind. This was the name of the deal. There's already all sorts of projects uh, off the coast of the East Coast that have just died, gone bankrupt. or And same thing in you know, UK and so on. They're losing a, a lot of wind projects. Some that were already built, some that were going to be built. Here's the latest. Icebreaker Wind Projects. Uh, where they were turbines off the shore of Cleveland in the Great Lakes have been suspended or otherwise iced, if you will. Good news for the taxpayers, by the way, and ratepayers. And environmental mainstream media, they're not liking this. Great Lakes will not be the Saudi Arabia of wind, is one quote. So what they want to do is put a bunch of wind turbines out in the Great Lakes. Of course, there's a lot of wind out there. And they they would hope to save, not only provide electricity, but of course save the planet. And they wanted to be net zero and et cetera, et cetera. Fifty million promised of taxpayer money. Well, they couldn't come up with that money. Millions more were promised to come from other areas that never came in. And so the whole project has been shut down. And there were a lot of people who didn't like the wind turbine project anyway. Because, well, for the same reason that we here in Wyoming have vast open land that we love looking at, like go north of Medicine Bow, you oh, has been such a beautiful area to drive through. Now, though, it's just wind turbines all over the place. And there's people who just hate what it's done to the view, among other environmental issues that it's caused. So they want to do that for the Great Lakes region. So that's a project that's very possibly just dead, as well as projects off the East Coast, again, New Jersey, Massachusetts wind projects, and in the UK, many other wind projects just dying too. Now, it's not just that. When automobile dealerships get vehicles, now for someone who's in that industry, if you work for an auto dealership, you know more about this than I do. But they get certain deals, these locally owned dealerships, for taking vehicles and selling them. So let's take your Buick dealerships. The headline here says half of Buick dealers take buyouts to avoid having to sell electric cars. Almost half of Buick's dealers across the United States have opted out of taking General Motors electric cars to avoid having to try to sell them. 
at a time when customers report slow, how slow Americans are at all, if they want to at all, to buy electric cars. In other words, they're not moving off the lots. According to GM, almost 1,000 of its 2,000 Buick dealerships across the U.S. decided to take buyouts rather than take the electric car. The buyouts mean that GM will now have just about 1,000 Buick dealerships across the nation with any kind of electric car, which is not what the Biden agenda wanted. And those 1,000 dealerships left that have electric cars are not moving them very well. Quote, dealers who are taking the buyout would give up the Buick franchise and no longer sell the brand, he said. The dealers can continue to sell other GM models, uh, Chevrolet, GMC, and so on. The Journal reported that in 2020, I'm sorry, 2022, the automaker planned to offer buyouts to its U.S. Uh, dealers. The move came after the Detroit automaker gave them a choice. Invest in about $300,000 to sell and service EVs or buy out of the franchise altogether and become some other kind of a dealer. And they decided to become some other kind of a dealer. The move comes, the story says, as U.S. car dealers are concerned with EV sales. They're urging Biden to abandon his EV mandates and carbon emissions regulations that would effectively force all electric cars on customers. Quote this, really, however, is is that the electric vehicle demand today is not keeping up with the influx of those that they're trying to offer to us. So in other words, yeah, they're trying to they're trying to give electric cars or force electric cars on dealerships to sell them. And the dealerships are saying, yeah, but they're not selling. So the buyout, I guess we won't be a Buick dealership anymore. We'll just go somewhere else. We'll just sell something else. All right, finally, as long as I was talking General Motors, headline, fire shuts down General Motors electric car plant. Executive blame the batteries. General Motors uh, factory zero plant shut down after a fire broke out. The plant produces electric vehicles which have a history of catching fire, though GM executives say battery materials were the cause. So in other words, they hadn't completed, I guess, maybe the full batteries. I, let's read on and see if that's what it says. Factory Zero is also known as a Detroit assembly, has been celebrated by the Biden administration for its all-electric production. On Tuesday, the plant closed after the fire broke out heavy smoke. Imagine how much water it took to put all of that out. By Wednesday, GM executives blamed the fire on an accident and the plant was burning up. And again, they blamed the battery materials. And they go into the initial investigation and so on. Which, again, has the Biden administration probably really upset because they were supposed to be producing a lot out of there. Now we'll see. I want to know, do they rebuild it or not? I don't have word on that. They might. I don't have word on that right now. Coming up on 716, wake up. Local and mobile across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 7.21 the time. Morning, everybody. It's a Thursday. Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods, the phone number. I'm just going through a lot of house cleaning here. So just so you know, there's not a whole lot of news, especially Wyoming news. Not a whole lot happening out there. So I, I'm doing now what I usually do on Fridays, which is a lot of house cleaning. There's all of these stories that don't match with anything else that I put off to the side. 
And I think at some point I'll get to them. So that's what I'm doing right now. And you can interrupt me if you want. Triple eight ninety seven was. So from there's a couple of websites out there that do really good news, and you've probably not heard of them. One of them is Center Square. If you look that up, that's a news organization, and they just do news. Yeah, they're not heavily left or right or anything. They're just news organization. The other one is called Just the News, and that's what they do, Just the News. So you don't have to worry about anyone preaching anything at you. They just do the news. So, okay, here's their headline. Power Grid Watchdog warns of future blackouts need for natural gas to support. Now, I'm going to correct what they say. They say renewables. There's nothing renewable about this stuff. The watchdog overseeing North America Power Grid warns that the combination of rapid retirement of coal-fired electricity generation and increasing reliance on wind and solar are risking large swaths of the United States with blackouts during heat waves and cold snaps. Now, I like the fact they have some experts saying this. You and I have known this, but I guess maybe it adds weight to have experts say it. Okay. But you notice it's on a smaller news site like this. If I were to take this and try to hand the story off to AP News or CNN or New York Times or whatever, they wouldn't do this. But all right. Quote, the assessment provides clear evidence of growing resource adequacy concerns over the next 10 years. The North American Electric Reliability Corporation, or NERC, produces annual long-term assessments of potential electricity shortfalls over the next decade. In its latest long-term assessment, published Wednesday, NERC stated that the priority action to ensure more grid reliability is increasing natural gas supply infrastructure. I would say that and coal. For the past few years, NERC's long-term assessments have reported increasing risk of electricity shortfalls during periods of high demand. As a result of increasing weather-dependent generation from wind and solar, as well as increased demands for power uh, streaming from electric vehicles. See, they have the assumption here, well, more people are going to be driving electric vehicles. I really doubt that, but okay. So, Kevin Kilty, a retired mechanical engineer, told Just the News that grid assessment like the one from NERC and similar state-level organizations, tend to be careful with the language they use in their reports. Quote, they use euphemisms that are sort of uh, soft-sounding, and they don't want to upset the political types out there. The political types are noisy and aggressive, Kilty said. Whereas in previous years, assessments talking about the need for dispatchable power Avoid a specific, this year's assessment was the first to prioritize organic fuels like coal and natural gas in addressing the growing problem. Subfreezing temperatures, the report explained, like uh, natural gas supply uh, generators is disrupted as people use more to heat their homes. Look, I can go ahead. We, we've talked about this before, especially when we hit some kind of a cold snap in the middle of wintertime. It gets really cold more heat comes on, people crank it up even more. We need more heat to, because it keeps getting colder. Because of that, we need to produce more energy. You know this drill. You're a smart person, right? You know this drill. So can we just grab a knob and crank it up and get more energy, the, the energy we need? Not with wind and solar. That's basically what they're saying. And the U.S. shuts down coal-fired power plants increasingly relying on 
natural gas generators, the potential for electricity shortfall is being amplified. The U.S. grid has never been as reliant on natural gas as it is today. Wind and solar resources are not adequate to meet demand, it says. Periods of low wind are another example. And that as, we, as they mention this, again, you know this. When it gets really cold out there, the wind's not moving. And so neither are the turbines. Cover them in snow and ice, we've got another problem. Make it really cloudy, we still have another problem. We're not getting the energy we really need. So that's what this report is flat out saying. So NERC strongly recommends reliability rules for natural gas infrastructure to ensure reliability supply fuel during the next extreme cold snap or, or heat snap for that matter. The report also recommends increasing transmission capacity because wind blows and sun shines randomly across the country. Large numbers of new transmission lines are needed to transport energy to where it's needed, from where it's produced to where it's consumed. The challenge for this transmission build-out, the report notes, are the siting and permitting challenges and the delay of these projects. I just got done talking about delay of some of these projects offshore on the East Coast or in the Great Lakes, for that matter. Because the lines cross multiple jurisdictions with their own requirements, and it, in some cases, private lands, this causes a lot of problems. Kilty said the report's finding are similar to what happens with integrated resources planning. They lay out resource planning in the long term, usually with a couple of decades of thinking. Quote, they know that there are all kinds of problems coming unless they can figure out a way to solve them. And that's what this document looks like. It looks like uh, they're now recognizing that there's a problem. And you and I, again, sitting here thinking, they're now recognizing that there's a problem? We've been screaming about this for a while. So, quote, now we're back to discriminating against energy sources again and putting way too much of a burden on natural gas. This is why I toss in and make sure coal is in there, too. And sure, we can throw some nuclear in there, too. The report divides the United States into more than a dozen areas based on generating resources available. This area with the highest risk is the mid-continent independent system, which includes Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Illinois, Missouri, Kentucky, uh, Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas. Beginning in 2028, there are projects that have to have about 4.7 gigawatt shortfalls, according to plans. Planning a retirement of, again, natural gas and coal, they're going to come up with this much of a shortfall. Central area region also includes all of Tennessee, portions of Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Missouri, Kentucky, also facing greater risks at this time. For New England, the report says... There are risks of cold spells largely as a result of increasing demand for electrification and electric vehicle adoption, New York and so on. This again, the the report continues to suggest that, well, of course, people are going to be buying more electric cars. I don't see that happening like they think it's going to happen. But okay, putting that aside for a moment. What I just read here is what you and I have been talking about for how long? You've known this. Now, finally, we have an official report that says it. It's about time. Coming up on local news, update on your local news and weather forecast, and you and I get back into it. It's Wake Up Wyoming. 
Boulder. So many opinions, we had to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six. The time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Just came across this meme real quick here. I've, a lot of you have already seen this one, but I like it every time we come across it. A couple of guys whispering to each other. If you cannot question it, it's not science. It's propaganda. That's true because in science, everything is questionable. All right. Now, on that note, uh, slightly on that note, sometimes things are done to make people feel good. When the real answer is, you you shouldn't be a jerk, but you should just also be very truthful with them. So over the years, Americans have been getting bigger and bigger, really heavy. And that's not healthy. So this movement started that you can't fat shame somebody. They're healthy at any size. That healthy at any size movement means there were a bunch of people that by today's standards are called influencers. And they're usually like uh, popular people on YouTube, things like this. And let me see, this is Cosmopolitan. This is healthy. And they show a woman who is really large. This is healthy. Spanish actress who fought against fat phobia. And they show her again. She's really big. And they say, this is healthy. And somebody needs to say, no, it's not. It's like the old emperor has no clothing. No, it's not. She died in her early 40s, just recently. Okay, so the story says eating disorders are rampant in the West when you add the unhealthy foods to our foods, food science. The marketing geniuses push on us. The result is obesity. Not too long ago, anorexia was a problem. Remember that? I do remember that. That was a trend for a while. People were too thin. We've gone way the other direction on this. It still exists, it needs to be taken seriously, but um, most eating disorders today were way too big. It's not just that Americans are a little too big, we're way too big. There is a movement, the story says, that pushes hard to increase acceptance of this and invades every aspect of our culture. At base of the argument is simple, our culture, our healthcare industries have been uh, captured by an ideology of fat phobia that tries to convince people that being thin is what you need. Well, no, it's not even so much as just being thin. It's being in good shape in general. I know people who are thin, but they're not healthy thin. Yeah, they don't have much for muscle. They don't eat right. So he says, no doubt it is true. People can be horribly mean. And that's what I'm not advocating being mean to anyone or being prejudiced against them. However, I go from uh, one headline to the next here where they're showing really large people and trying to say, and this is healthy. From the Daily Mail, these four social media influencers were swept by the movement of, you know, being very large and very healthy. And they all died at a very young age. Now, if you look at what they died of, well, yeah, heart problems, diabetes, et cetera, et cetera, everything that you might have imagined that goes along with being way overweight, all the problems that can be caused by that. Now, on that note, there's this, uh, 
website that I love. I just, I monitor certain websites. This one's called Everyday Feminism. I make fun of them now and then. And they're back on the fat phobia kick. Their headline today is, let's talk about thin privilege. Yeah, just like they try to push on white privilege, right? This is thin privilege. I've read articles before where they talk about this as, as well, where they talk about how we treat thinner people differently than we treat overweight people, and there's thin privilege. Also, when it comes to toxic relationships and getting on an airplane or a bus and things that were made for thinner people. But they're not really addressing the issue the way it should be addressed here. Being too thin is not healthy. The, you know, anorexia. Being too heavy is also not healthy. There's a nice, happy medium here. They tried to push a movement that said being extra, extra large, this is what healthy looks like. Because we didn't want to, they didn't want to shame these people. They wanted to embrace them and, you know, rather than just being, again, don't be cruel, don't be mean, but be honest. What you're doing is not good for you and you're going to die young because of it. We don't want to see you die young. We want to see you lead a nice, long, healthy life. So let's get you some help here. Instead of telling these people, oh, you're okay, what you're doing is healthy. No, it's not. There's a difference between shaming someone and being honest with them, is the point of all that. All right, coming up in just a couple of minutes, I've got Don Day on. Don Day is going to tell you about your weekend forecast, what he knows of it so far. More has come together, but there's still a lot of unknowns. He'll explain. Wake Up Wyoming. Listen to Glenn Woods anywhere you roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Okay, so Don, this will amuse you. I get up this morning, and just for the fun of it, I took a look at the app on my phone, which didn't show anything for snow this weekend. Another app talked about four inches of snow. Another website that I found said a lot of snow on Saturday, not much on Sunday, and another one said the opposite of that. So. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to my world. Yeah, okay. But we're we're getting closer, but we don't totally know yet. Is what I got out of your forecast this morning. Yeah, I mean, uh, usually when you're three days away like this, things usually really line up, and and you start to see better agreement between all of our tools. You know, maybe part of the problem is we've got too much information to look at. That actually is maybe part of the problem. But your example of looking with those different forecasts just gives gives you a good example of the fact that a lot of these automated weather websites that you're looking at, and they are automated. There's nobody there on the other end typing the forecast for you. Is there, they're deriving their forecast right off of these, these computer models. And that's why you have all of these varying different scenarios. And that's why you just can't, you know, we we talk about the five day or the 10 day forecast, but we're in a situation here to where we still have a lot of question marks. I, I can confidently say this, it is going to be colder this weekend and there is going to be some snow moving across the state, especially late Saturday afternoon, starting in the Southwest and the Western parts of the state. And then overnight Saturday into Christmas Eve, Sunday, 
it will get colder and yes it's going to snow um but we have such a variety of different scenarios and the problem is is we've got scenarios that are on the each end of the spectrum one scenario is snow showers colder blustery definitely more winter like out there but nothing that is like by our standards a big system but we have other solutions that really intensify the storm rapidly over colorado saturday night sunday and maybe into christmas morning and it would be a very impactful storm so we're kind of faced with an either or situation which is not good when you're trying to advise people on on weather conditions uh, especially with this big travel period coming up okay so here's my plans you tell me because i think i've worked this out with what we know so far Friday, I drive up with friends to a place in Buffalo where we're going to spend part of the holiday. So that's okay to drive Friday, right? Oh, yeah. Friday, no problem. Saturday, we should have a good time. But I'm going to start watching the weather on Saturday as it gets later into the day to figure out, am I driving home Saturday afternoon or do I wait to see what it looks like on Sunday? Well, you know, I think hopefully by saturday afternoon things will become a lot more definitive that, well, yeah okay that's my plan so far i'm going to be there on saturday and i'm just going to keep looking outside and if it starts looking bad i'm just going home well there you go well okay. I, I my my advice to folks is to stay tuned and yeah. we are going to see this change so the, this change is coming it's not that we're yeah. not going to get anything if if one of these scenarios doesn't come to fruition um but if if, if even if we're somewhere in between the solutions it'll be an impactful system i, sure. I do think i-80 gonna be likely a problem sections of i-25 as well um if the storm does come together the stronger solution then mm-hmm. the central eastern and southern areas of the state are are going to be, be the most impacted okay. um and and so uh, hopefully tomorrow we can we can get into more detail all right thank you don don day with day with, well you know it probably is really aggravating to him when he can't give us a definitive answer and we're this close off to the icebox we go frank gambino hey glenn oh. just tell grandma you'll be there if yes. you can be there yeah okay I guess, that's and, the idea. and also yeah. tell grandma you might be there a week yeah problem is it not my grandma but because she's long gone. But, you know, anyway, somebody's grandma. Will Somebody, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So you were, we were talking getting ourselves presents, right? Yes. Okay. Here's what I do. When I was a kid, I would turn to everybody and say, I just want this one thing. Mm-hmm. And if everybody pitches in, boy, are you going to really make out because between all of you, nobody's going to spend a lot of money. So they all pitched in no. and got you a vacuum. No. And, and what I asked for was simple stuff. One year I wanted a typewriter, back when typewriters were a thing. Okay. Nobody nobody ever got me what I wanted. No one ever did that. Yeah. Finally, I decided since I never get what I ask for, then when it comes to my birthday and Christmas, I am allowed to buy myself a present. And I do that every single year. I go After I get done with everybody else, I decide, what do I want this year that I'm allowed to have? And I go buy myself that present and congratulate myself and wish myself a happy or merry whatever. Okay. There you go. I uh, I, I kind of do that, but it, it doesn't matter what time of year it is. Oh, okay. You know, it was, yeah. it was Christmas and my birthday are back to back. Right. So I just do it as, as one crack and say, you know, in the summer, I'm going to go to a, uh-huh. a baseball game and buy a really nice go. seat, okay. you know, yeah. and say, that is my Christmas present and my birthday present to me. What, were you one of those kids who got a present that said, Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday? No. No, 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 They are two separate days. Yeah. Because for those people who were born on Christmas Day, I still would have gotten them two presents. That's just be they're being ripped off. Absolutely. 
Wyoming Cowboy football team with new head coach Jay Sawville announced their latest recruiting class for the early signing period. Four in-state players are in that group. The big one literally is Sheridan lineman Alex Haswell. He was named All-State on the offensive line and the defensive line and was named the 4A lineman of the year. He's 6'5", and you can't miss him. Three other in-state guys have got preferred walk-on status, which means that they will not have a scholarship, but uh, they can get one down the road. That includes Cheyenne's running back Drew Jackson, who was an All-State running back for the T-Birds and 4A, and also an All-State defensive back. Also getting a preferred walk-on spot is Cheyenne South kicker Keelan Anderson, who's the real deal. He kicked a 61-yard field goal this past season, and that was the state record. Another preferred walk-on is Douglas offensive lineman Tegan Seeds. He was a 3A All-State pick on the O-line and named the 3A Lineman of the Year. Also, Coach Sawvell named Aaron Bull, the team's defensive coordinator, the son of outgoing head coach Craig Bull. Aaron has been the Cowboy linebackers coach since 2020, joined the UW staff as a grad assistant in 2017. Savell still needs to hire an offensive coordinator with Tim Polisak leaving to be the head coach at North Dakota State. In men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys improved the 7-4 with a 78-65 win over South Dakota State in the Sun Bowl Tournament in El Paso, Texas. The Cowboys reeled off a dozen straight points in the second half to give them some cushion. A quail cut led the way for UW with 22 points on 8-14 from the floor. Cowboys shot 50% from the field. They'll play UTEP tonight in the Sun Bowl Tournament. The Miners edged Norfolk State last night, 67-65. That Cowboy game versus UTEP starts at 7 p.m. We'll have that for you on KG Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls were in Las Vegas for a tournament. They'll meet Wright State at 3.30 this afternoon, Mountain Time. Cowgirls have lost three in a row, and they sit at four and five. So UW play Wright State this afternoon. Eastern Washington tomorrow in that Vegas tournament. Wyoming Cowboy wrestling team absorbed a 31-9 dual loss to ninth-rated Oklahoma State on Tuesday in Laramie. The Pokes did have two wins. Jory Volk prevailed at 125 pounds, and he is ranked ninth in the country. Last week, he beat the number one guy in the nation in that weight class, Richard Figueroa of Arizona State, in the Reno tournament. UW got a win at 197, thanks to Joey Novak, who is rated 15th in the country. Cowboys will be in a big tournament in Iowa next Friday and Saturday. That's it in sports. Did you say 125 pounds? Yeah, 125, yeah. Okay, get him a sandwich. God, oh no! You know, well, you know, he, he, they, 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 they probably eat too much and got to, you know, cut weight to get to one twenty-five. Oh, God, wow! How tall is he? Well, he's not one hundred and twenty-five. Yeah, so I was gonna, okay. I'm just thinking, one hundred twenty-five pounds. I hope he's in like, in, you know, like he's six foot tips, two. You know, he's, like, he's not that tall, but no, he's okay. in tip-top shape. No, I bet he's in tip-top shape, but he, he he doesn't need to be like six foot one or something. No, like no, that. no, 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 not like a big toothpick. No, okay, good, okay. Thank you, Frank. Uh, just listening to the guy's 125 pounds made me hungry. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that national local update on your weather forecast. I have a lot of things to go through that don't even match up, but I'm just doing some house cleaning before the holiday here. And you get to change the subject if you want. Triple eight ninety seven woods that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about or something else. Fine by me. Let's wake up Wyoming.
6 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming, 8.06. Okay. One of the past few days actually have gone by uh, pretty darn fast. This morning, which I don't like. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I hope this day goes by kind of. I don't because I like to enjoy the day. As corny as that may sound, you know, you only get to live so many days and then you die. <clears throat> so I kind of like it when things go a little bit slower. I actually looked up at the clock and expected to say 9.06, but I'm about an hour behind on that schedule today. All right, we are into open phones. It is nearing Christmas time, so trigger warning. Warning. Your host for this radio show occasionally utters offensive words like Merry Christmas. Some callers to this show might return the greeting. All opinions are welcome on Wake Up Wyoming, but woke holiday buzzkills will be canceled. In the same way, they are trying to cancel everyone else's good vibes. To our Jewish friends, happy Hanukkah. And to the atheists out there, may the Big Bang be with you. And if none of that holiday jazz really floats your boat, remember, best of us is for the rest of us. And I know because this is talk radio, so I don't do a whole lot in the way of Christmas music. But I do have a few tunes lined up for you. I'll play most of it tomorrow. There's this one. Get Chewbacca. You know the word, sing along. And of course, you know, everything is on sale right now. They're trying to finish up Christmas and get you out there buying and shopping. Don't forget, California is having a fire sale. <clears throat> I'm sorry, California is on fire. I get the two confused. It's Christmas time in California, and the deals are hot. Everything is 100% off. That's right, 100% off. It's all got to go, including the store, your job, and the community. Don't forget to stock up on toilet paper and anything else you needed or wanted, whether you needed it or wanted it or not. Yes, it's the California fire sale. Because California's on fire again. But this time, it's not the forest. It's our cities, downtowns, shopping malls, and neighborhood stores. Now, don't worry, since we've defunded the police, nobody's gonna show up. So get in there and get what you can before the store burns down. Yes, it's the California fire sale. Everything's 100% off. Take advantage now before the store burns down or the businesses move to other states. No refunds or returns. This offer not valid in Wyoming or Texas. Where if you try it here, you will be shot. And of course, there is that time of year where if you're going to visit friends and family, you like to go into the kitchen and make that special recipe that you only make once a year to bring with you to whatever the event might be. Not always a good idea if you're dealing with grandma's recipe, because you really never know what went into that. Okay, what's first? It says to start with a helping of flour, a handful of eggs, and a dash of salt. How much is a helping? Uh, it says here that it's more than a hunk of, but less than a whole mess of. So maybe this one? Is there anything that has actual measurements? Yeah, it says you need eight cups of lard and four sticks of butter. We gotta go back to the store. When do we add this? Uh, it says apply bourbon as needed. To what? To chef. Oh. Uh. Okay, now we have the sugar, right? Um, we're gonna need the other bag too. Well, there's no way that's right. I know, I know, Kevin. There's no way that any of this is right. Is it done yet? 
I can't tell. Well, it says not to leave it in there too long. I know. Well, I don't want to burn it. Nobody wants to burn it, Kevin. Well, how long does it say to leave it in there? It says bake in hot oven until done. Well, there it is. Grand Grand's famous sweet butter cake. I mean, I used to eat this all the time. How am I still alive? It's basically poison. I'll wrap it up for the party. You want to serve this to people? We gotta bring something. Well, it's that time of year anyway. Off we go to Cheyenne to talk to Nancy. Nancy, how you been? Oh, real good. Say, have you ever heard of the Hannibal Directive? No. Well, check it out on Wikipedia. Uh, it has to do with Israel and uh, part of what's going on there now. Uh, I'd never heard of it either, and I'm an avid reader. But uh, check into it and let us know what you think. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. That's Bye now. All right. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, now, see, she just gave me more homework, didn't she? All right. <clears throat> okay, now I'm going to get on to real talk. You can go ahead and uh, do what she does. Change the subject if you want. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. Oh, and uh, I got a note from Rianne in Fort Danger. Did you ever get around to doing the Social Justice Warrior Christmas special? No, and I hate myself for it. Because I got some great ideas out of that. I just haven't sat down and done that with all the other things I have going on. And it's been really busy in my world. Believe it or not, it has been. So, no, that hadn't gotten done. But I, I need to get that done so at least next year I'll have it ready to go. I can create it any time. I just wanted it this year. All right. So, again, 888 was the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S if you want to change the subject. I, I am looking at some poll numbers here, and I'm not big on polls, as you know. One of the things that will make me turn off a radio talk show or one of the many television talk shows they have on the former news networks like Fox, CNN, and MSNBC is when the hosts start getting into the polls. The polls say, the polls say, the polls, the polls, the polls are garbage, the polls are crap. Right now, for you Trump supporters out there, you must be loving this, especially since some states like Colorado have tried getting Trump off the ballot, which I don't think is going to work, but okay. He's still on the ballot in Colorado, by the way. If you if you take a look at let me see did I mention Wyoming yeah okay if you take a look at uh, what the actual decision is in Colorado you find that while the court wants Trump off the ballot they didn't take him off the ballot it stayed until the Supreme Court takes a look at it now I came up with a story just a moment ago here this is the states. If I can get this to pause so I can go ahead and take a look at it. The states that are trying to get Trump off the ballot, and there are 12 of them. And that includes Wyoming. Because there's one guy here in Wyoming, a retired lawyer, that's trying to get Trump off the ballot. Now, the more people try to do this, the more Trump supporters like him. The more they Trump, even people who might have been on the fence, who may maybe voted for Trump before, that were on the fence this time around, well, now uh, they're just mad as hell, and so they find themselves as Trump supporters again, uh, wanting to vote just, just because, just because it makes all the right people mad. So yeah, we have twelve states out there. Wyoming is one of them that are trying to get. Trump off the ballot, making his supporters mad as hell. Trump's support is now 
two-thirds of the vote just about, 67% of Republicans. Uh, Haley and DeSantis each drawing 11% between them. And then there's uh, the multimillionaire entrepreneur first-time candidate Vivek Raswamy grabs about 4%. Chris Christie's always way in the back. He's got about 3%. All right, so my point with all of this is don't believe any of that right now. Don't believe anything that the polls say right now. I brought this up before, remember? I'm just being realistic here, okay? Just realistic with you. Remember Dean some years ago when uh, Dean ran for the Democrat ticket and uh, it, it was supposed to be that he was way ahead. The, at the time, Howard Dean it was at the beginning of the internet age when it was still dial-up. And Howard Dean got a bunch of young people together who knew the internet, even though it was brand new at the time. And they worked the internet, and they got all sorts of support, so he was way out ahead in the polls, like Trump is now. He was way out ahead in the polls. And he raised far more money than anybody else. So when it came time for the Democrat primaries, the question is, should we even bother having a primary? Because we already know who has this. Then the first caucuses and primaries were held. From the first one all the way to the last, Howard Dean always wound up way in the back of the pack. He was never the last in the group, but he was always like second last or third last. He did horrible. Now, he went in to the primary system way out ahead like Trump is now and with most of the money. But never got any traction when it actually came time for people to vote or caucus. So he never went anywhere. His whole candidacy fell apart. He never even got close to being the nominee, which is why I'm just saying to the Trump supporters out there, I know it can be very exciting for you to look at it and go, wow, he's got 67%. Doesn't necessarily mean anything at the moment. Okay? We are way far too out for this to mean anything. So don't let that get you too excited. We're going to have to wait a while to find out what really happens and how this plays out. And you're really not going to know until we actually start going through the primary system as to whether he's you know, going to be in the lead or not. So all of this talk about the polls, it's garbage. Ignore it. It doesn't actually mean anything. 817, wake up. If it's happening in Wyoming, it's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Hey, 22 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, so I just got done saying, I haven't said it before. Don't believe what the polls are saying right now when it comes to the presidential race. You know, Trump is ahead by a 67 percentage of the, well, that really doesn't mean anything. We nowhere near deciding this yet. And even going into a primary or a general election, the polls usually are way off. Usually are. So you just can't believe it. You don't know what's going to happen until after it's happened. Now, on that note, sometimes people do get nervous because not just what the polls say, but what they see happening out there. Democrats worry Biden is losing black and Latino voters. Sorry says several attendees 
said there was a general agreement that Mr. Biden, during his 2020 campaign and his first three years in office, had paid more attention to black female voters and black male ones. Uh, those people suggested to Mr. that Mr. Biden sides with, well, they get into a kind of a convoluted argument here. Uh, the general idea, though, is as they take a look at potential voters, nearly one in five Americans, black Americans, about 17 percent, say they would uh, vote for former President Trump. And about 20 percent of black respondents said they would vote for somebody else other than Biden or Trump. So in other words, people are either looking at Trump or looking at a third party. Now, the Democrats for so long with Latino and uh, black voters have had such a majority over the years. Slowly but surely, though, that has been slip sliding away, and especially right about now. Diane is in LaGrange. Hello. Hi, uh, Glenn. I have a couple things. I wonder why, do, why then do they take polls if that's yeah. uh, such a bogus thing to do? Because it fills airtime and also time on the Internet. They get, these are people who have to produce content. And so polls give them something to talk about, even though it, it never really plays out the way the poll said. I see, because I, I never realized that they were always that far off. Oh, they, yeah, oftentimes so they really are. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I knew sometimes, but but not only that, uh, can I say something to the people in Colorado? Sure, absolutely. I say shame on you. Hmm? Uh, trying to do that, what they've done, tried to do to our country. And the people that's voted for, the people that put those judges in there, they should feel ashamed, too. Okay. Uh, I'm glad that I live in Wyoming and I don't have to say that I am from Colorado. I'm proud of being from Wyoming. We did. We stand up for what we believe, for the most part. Yeah. Not always, but for the most part. And so, ZZ Top wrote right. a song about your town, so great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. I appreciate it. So, um, yeah, oftentimes polls, the reason you hear so much about polls is because there are people who've got to fill, well, airtime, like me, I got to fill airtime, right? Uh, but they also have time on television. But then also, it used to be newspapers and magazines. Now it's more like online content. And they need something to talk about because they're told they have to produce so much content every day. So studies and polls, those are the ones that really get me. You've heard me debunking all sorts of studies that are just garbage. There's people who show up to work. Sometimes they work from home. Other times they might show up in an office. And they sit down and start to usually Google things. Right? And then they come back and say, well, I did this study and the study shows. And the study's garbage. Polls oftentimes take a very small sample of the American public. And then oftentimes their questions are garbage. They're either ridiculous questions or they're leading questions. I've had just a few times in my life pollsters call my home. And the only reason I kept them on the line and went through the polling process and answered their questions is because I was curious about the poll. I really didn't care about the topic they were asking me. I was very curious about the poll. And in several cases, I had to stop the person on the phone asking me the questions 
because they would ask a question and say, and the question usually was leading. And then I would get a A, B, or C answer, and I would say none of the above. Well, you got to pick one of the ones, but none of the above apply. So often, polls are just garbage. But again, why? Because, you know, Diane asked a very good question. Then why do they do them? Because it fills airtime. And I include some of your favorite conservative talk show hosts on that and television programs, like when you turn on Fox News. You know, the polls say, the polls say, the polls say. And yet, when it comes down to the actual election, how often are those polls correct? Yeah, but they keep doing it, don't they? It just fills airtime. That's really all it does. Or content on the internet now, which is what these people have to produce every single day. So that's why I say for the Trump supporters out there that see him so far ahead right now, remember what happened to Howard Dean. He was way ahead in the polls and had collected so much more money than everybody else. And he was considered to be un beatable until the primaries and caucuses started and he always finished not just near the back of the pack like way in the back i don't think he ever grabbed the last position but he was always like second or third to last and there were a lot of democrats running for the presidential nomination and he never went anywhere and what got me after that they can the news media continued to bring howard dean on as an expert and i'm looking at him thinking but how is he an expert in anything he never achieved anything, and yet they kept bringing him on as an expert for years to come. I never understood that because the guy completely lost, but they're going to bring him on as some kind of an expert. All right, well, that's your news media for you. Yeah, don't get excited. You're not going to know who's going to get the Republican nomination until after it happens. There's just absolutely no way of knowing it. Ignore the polls. Coming up on... Well, sometimes it gives you a false sense of security for those people who like Trump, right? Coming up on some local business, that'd be news time, right after news time. Update on our weather forecast, and you and I get back into it again. I got more topics to cover, but you at any time can either stop me and talk about what I'm talking about or change the subject. 888 was the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Or use the Wake Up Wyoming app, which is free to download at your app store. Touch the chat button and send me a text message. Where Wyoming comes to talk, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. Thirty-six the time would wake up Wyoming. Just real quick side note here: the ridiculously large television they put in the studio we just ran a local commercial. Peabody Coal, uh, Coal, Peabody Coal up in Campbell County is hiring. They got a bunch of different jobs. Nice to see a coal mine hiring. Let's see how many jobs today. They got a bunch of different jobs. Uh, Nineteen job openings that I'm looking at right here. Hmm, I'm pretty good. All right. Let's see, real quick here, R.H. in Wiggins, Colorado. Hi, Glenn, Diane, in LaGrange is so right. I am from Colorado. We are being destroyed by stupid virtue-signaling voters 
who live mostly up and down I-25 corridor and a couple of other towns. Mike is in Laramie. Hi, Mike. Hey, Glenn. We've been having some ads down here on both KOWB and KGAB from this group called the Wyoming Business Alliance. Yeah. And they are asking us to go call Senators Barrasso and Loomis and thank them for supporting an all-the-above approach to energy in the state. Yeah. And they're claiming that we need to have wind and solar and biomass to increase our energy independence and that we need this all above approach and that by doing this we're going to preserve wyoming's landscape at the same time mm-hmm. and i'm well who are these people yeah so what I, do senators barras and loomis have to do with it okay and why you know why do we need an all the above approach if we need more electricity why can't we just build some more coal or gas powered plant for that matter and if we're going to put all these turbines up how does that preserve how does any of this wind and solar preserve our landscape yeah now see this is where they're asking for a lot of things here that don't exist because as you were saying that i thought putting up a lot of wind and solar does not preserve our landscape i just recently took a nice what used to be one of my favorite drives from medicine bow on up right through that area yeah and wow is it cluttered now. Well. oh yeah it is really cluttered now it looks horrible I mean, it just absolutely looks horrible now. And so, no, it's not preserving our landscape. So they can't have that. And I answered, the governor wrote an op-ed about his all-of-the-above approach. So I wrote an answer to him and put it up on the Wake Up Wyoming site. And my answer was, Governor, I don't think anyone has a problem with wind and solar coming to Wyoming. But why does it have to be heavily subsidized? How about just let the marketplace decide what is best? Don't let government decide in any way. Let the energy companies pick what is the most reliable energy. Yeah, but then that still doesn't solve the problem about preserving the landscape. No, it doesn't. No, no. But without the forcing wind and solar on us and without the subsidies, we wouldn't have many wind turbines out there, would we? Oh, that's true. Well, yeah. that, that's true, but you know, I was wondering who who are these Wyoming Business Alliance? It sounds yeah. like they're shills for the wind and solar. And if you, I mean, you sometimes get calls from the senators. I'd ask them, what, what's this all about? Okay. Yeah, I mean, why? And again, if we need more electricity, why do why does it have to come in the form of wind and solar? Right. No, yeah. Okay. Let me see. Um, taking a look at their website, Legislation 101, Wyoming Business Alliance. You can go ahead and take a look at And the governor is part of the Wyoming Business Alliance, by the way. Uh, yeah. So you can go ahead. falling into place. Yeah. And take a look at exactly who they are. They're right there online. Um, governor's Business Forum. And they have a uh, meeting that they're going to be having pretty soon so okay yeah i would say go ahead and just look up wyoming business alliance and play around with their website and you'll find out Uh exactly who they are now again these folks are allowed to have their opinion absolutely but i will not be calling anyone and thanking them for an all of the above approach because you know my feelings on subsidies that's true i guess i just don't see the economics behind wind and solar right yeah. In fact, I just read an article this morning from a, an energy, uh, basically it's like an energy think tank. And they were flat out saying, look, uh, we keep cutting back on coal and natural gas, and we're going to run out of reliable energy. And that's true. Yeah, it is. So. You got no argument for me on that. All right. All right. Let me dig into hey, this I a little go. more. Go ahead. What? Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, if, if you haven't given Don Day his Christmas present, I've got the perfect weather forecast models for him. Okay, yeah, that would be. A Ouija board and a deck of tarot cards will be just as accurate. I'm going to pass it on to him, see what he says. <laughs> okay. okay. Thank you. Have a good day. Go ahead. <laughs> Appreciate the call. So, let's see. 40th Annual Governor Business Forum. So please have reached over 500 people sold out 40th Annual Governor Business Forum this year. Conference, Laramie. Welcome new members. Okay, so I'm looking at the website for the Wyoming Business Alliance. As members of the Business Alliance will be part of Wyoming's only statewide association representing the interests and individuals of businesses of all sizes. That's fine. I don't have anything personally against the Wyoming Business Alliance. I think uh, some of what they do is, is pretty good stuff. But... I do have a problem with, well, call your senators and thank them for the all-of-the-above approach. I don't think I will. Because, again, to see, you know, I'm more of the libertarian guy, right? As more of the libertarian guy, I'm as free market as it gets. Capitalism is the way to go. It's been shown time and time again. Which means get government out of the marketplace. The only thing government should be doing in the marketplace is making sure that businesses are honest and are clean. CO2 is not a pollutant. But I mean true pollution. So get government out. Government should not be deciding that we need more solar panels or wind turbines, which currently government is doing. Stay out of the energy marketplace. So energy companies will pick the most reliable and cost-effective energy because they know the more of that energy you use, the more money they make. So they would go to more coal and natural gas, which are reliable and clean forms of energy, if government were just out of the way. Right now, the way the laws are, if an energy company wanted to build a coal plant, good luck with that, by the way, they would have to put up a certain number of wind turbines with it by law. They have to get into carbon sequestration by law. So my answer is no, I don't want your all of the above approach. What I want is an approach that gets government out of the energy business and lets these energy companies decide what is the most affordable and reliable energy. And that's what they'll create. So when it gets cold, they can just go ahead and crank it up and... You can stay nice and warm inside. Not something intermittent. Not something that kills birds. Not something that's toxic to create and toxic to dispose of, like wind and solar, by the way. Oh, Jude and Casper is calling somebody a bunch of losers. Okay, hang on a second. I got to go take a look at Judy's comment here on this because now I've known a little bit about the Wyoming Business Alliance. I think I've heard their some of their commercials, but I didn't know about the one that said. You know, please thank your representatives. Let me see here. Wyoming Business Council is the NGO that picks winners and losers. Chuck has been trying to get them for a while. Okay. Oh, yeah. By Chuck, she means your Wyoming Secretary of State, Chuck Ray, has been trying to go after them for a while for picking winners and losers. And that's part of what I mean by, you know, again, we Let's make sure we have an all-of-the-above approach. No, what I want is government to get out of the energy sector. Get out of it. Let the energy sector figure out what is best for the marketplace, and that's what they'll give us. I'm a free market capitalist kind of guy. Let's wake up, Wyoming. 
Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. Eight forty-eight. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, Frank, I'm going to test your noodle to see how you do. Okay, I'm ready. <clears throat> uh, iconic fast food chains. You should know about these because they were around when you were a kid. Right. Um, creamy root beer. Well, the, the, the root beer place I remember was A&W, and then there was another one called yeah. Dog and Suds. The A&W I remember. Don't remember the Dog and Suds. Okay. Henry's Hamburgers. No. They were all over the country at one point, but okay. Oh, I do remember this one. Burger Chef. Yes. Yeah, okay. They started in 1954. They peaked at about 1,200 stores and then went out, uh, boy, about 1996. Yeah, I, I, I remember them. Do you remember Shakey's? No. Shakey's Pizza? No. Bobby's Big Boys. I remember Big Boy. Yeah, I remember Big Boy. I don't remember Bobby's Big Boy. But, well, actually, hang on a second now. I'm looking at the picture here. Uh, big Boy is Bobby's Big Boy. Oh, oh yeah, Big yeah, Boy. Yeah, okay, yeah. same thing. We don't remember that. The okay. guy went on top with a big hamburger yeah. on it. You know. I've seen this, but I've never eaten there. Chi-Chi's. Yes, I, I vaguely remember that, yeah, yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Now, this you remember in the malls. Hot Sam Pretzels. Yes. Of course, Howard Johnson's. Oh, they used yeah, to be well, yeah. all over the place, but now they're just gone. Beanie Weenie? No. Okay. I recognize their logo, but I don't think I ever... Oh, no, this was good. I never saw this, but I would have eaten there. Mini Pearl's Chicken. Oh, from... Uh, yeah, from the... From, from Hee Yeah, right. I didn't know she made chicken. I didn't know she did either. Never heard about that. No, okay. Okay. Uh, let me see. So now we've gone from Mini Pearl Chicken years and years yeah. ago to Shaquille O'Neal Chicken. Right. Now. Now this one, they changed the name, but it still didn't help them. Remember Sambo's? Yes. Okay. And then uh, some people didn't like that name, uh, so they went ahead and changed the name, but they still went out of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see here. Restaurant business mm. is tough, man. It is, oh, my God. Okay. And the Woolworths lunch counter. Oh, yeah. They, uh, did they have one in downtown Casper? They did, I was about to say, did you ever eat at one? No, I I, I, have not, I, I didn't eat at that one, but I, ha- I had before. I mean, I mean, who, ha- who hasn't? Yeah. And one last one for you, Wimpy's. I remember that. I do remember Wimpy's. Yeah, I don't think I ever ate at one, but I remember, once again, their logo. Yeah. Wyoming Cowboy football team with new head coach Jay Sawvell announced their latest recruiting class for the early signing period. Four in-state players are in that group. The big one, literally, is Sheridan lineman Alex Haswell. He was named All-State on the offensive and defensive lines, was named the 4A lineman of the year. Three other in-state guys earn preferred walk-on status, which means you, you don't get a scholarship right away, but you could get one down the road. That includes Chinese running back Drew Jackson, who was an All-State running back for the T-Birds in 4A and also an All-State defensive back. Also getting a preferred walk-on spot is Cheyenne South kicker Keelan Anderson, who is the real deal. He kicked a 61-yard field goal this past season, was named All-State. That was a state record, by the way. Another preferred walk-on is Douglas offensive lineman Tegan Seeds. He was a 3A All-State pick on the O-line this past season and named the 3A lineman of the year. Also, Coach Savell named Aaron Bull the team's new defensive coordinator, the son of outgoing head coach, outgoing head coach Craig Bull. Aaron has been the Cowboys linebackers coach since, 2000, since 2020. 
and joined the UW staff as a grad assistant in 2017. Uh, Savell needs to hire an offensive coordinator with Tim Polisek, leaving to be the head coach at North Dakota State. Men's College Hoops, the Wyoming Cowboys, 7-4 now after a 78-65 victory over South Dakota State in the Sun Bowl Tournament in El Paso, Texas last night. Cowboys reeled off 12 straight points in the second half to give them some cushion. A quail cut led the way for UW with 22 points on 8-14 from the floor. The Cowboys had a nice shooting night, 50% from the field. They'll play UTEP tonight in the Sun Bowl Tournament. The Miners edged Norfolk State last night, 67-65. That Cowboy game versus UTEP starts at 7 p.m. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Women's College Basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys are in Las Vegas for a, Wyoming Cowgirls are in Las Vegas for a tournament, and they'll meet Wright State this afternoon at 3.30 Mountain Time. Cowgirls have lost three in a row, and they sit at four and five on the year, and they'll, so they'll play Wright State today, and then Eastern Washington tomorrow on that tournament in Vegas. Wyoming Cowboy Wrestling Team absorbed a 31-9 dual loss to 9-3 at Oklahoma State on Tuesday at Laramie. The Post did have a couple of guys with wins. Jory Volk uh, prevailed at 125 pounds. He is ranked ninth in the country, and last week beat the number one guy in the nation in that weight class, Richard Figueroa of Arizona State in the Reno tournament. UW got a win at 197 thanks to Joey Novak, who's rated 15th in the country. Cowboys will be in a big tournament in Coralville, Iowa, next Friday and Saturday. This is in sports. Uh, Milo in Fort Danger says, Shakey's Pizza was the best pizza ever. Mm-hmm. Ask anyone who remembers. Here's the deal, Frank. It was one of those places where, you, where, where Little League teams would go after their game okay. with the parents. Which then brings me up to the next point. Used to be that going to the pizza parlor was the thing. Yeah. Now it's all. I mean, there's a few pizza parlors you go into and sit down and have a slice, but they don't exist that much anymore. It's mostly very, you know, very, very few now. Yeah. Take out and delivery. In fact, there's uh, one I like to go to. What is it? Papa John's, whatever. The, yeah. You, basically, they have the hot and ready pizzas. Oh, just yeah, just grab and go. Yeah, grab and go. That's you, how lazy we've got. Yes, you can order in advance on your app, and by the oh. time you get there, they have it ready. But they don't have any place to sit down and eat your pizza. No. I would just have to stand there in front of the register and eat mine. I'm sorry <laughs> you didn't give me a chair, pal. Thank and a you. napkin, too. <laughs> yeah, just wake up, my Dino six of time, it's wake up Wyoming. Okay, you've inspired me to debunk the all-of-the-above approach for energy in the state of Wyoming. But hang on, let me go through a couple of things here. Just a little bit of house cleaning for you. First off, RH is in Wiggins, Colorado. Glenn, uh, in reference to Shakey's Pizza, so I was reading off to Frank Gambino last segment, all sorts of restaurant chains that don't exist anymore. Shakey's Pizza is one of them. The old Shakey's Pizza building near where I live in Fort Morgan, Colorado, is now Happy Ending Massage Parlor. <laughs> P.S. Shakey's Pizza founder is in Cannibal Run on the motorcycle with Bert Convoy. I did not know that. Okay. Real quick, before I debunk the all-of-the-above approach for energy in Wyoming, it is Christmas time, and your news media is wishing you a merry whatever. Um. Not sure if we should still be listening to them on this, especially after they've been so dishonest with us over this past year. It's the year 
Since last Christmas, the media told me the press is not our enemy. In the years since last Christmas, the media told me no one killed Epstein. Quid pro quo was there, Eric didn't fart. We need two bad guns, and the press is not our enemy. In the years since last Christmas, the media told me Trump worked with Russians, Erica's a victim, Carson King's a racist, Nazis are rampant, Liz is a native, bigots beat up Jussie, these kids need doxing, no one killed Epstein. Quid pro quo was there, Eric didn't fart, we need two bad guns, and the press is But they're totally reliable, and we should listen to them. Trustworthy, right? Okay. So, going back to what we were talking about last hour, and this started with a call. We're getting a lot of calls. I like this. Mike was in Laramie talking about the Wyoming Business Alliance. And John is calling in from Torrington about all of the above energy. Thank you, John. You're on topic there. So, this is, uh, I just want to get into it because I'm thinking now I should also write an article, but talk to him on air about why I don't want the all of the above business uh, approach to energy here in the state of Wyoming. It's not, may, maybe not the reasons you think, but hang on. Here's John. Hi, John. Merry Christmas to you. So, I've got a comment. Maybe. A way to do this is a percentage of the uh, energy opportunities, we'll call them, in the state of Wyoming could be put into a lottery system. Let's just say, I don't know, 10, 12 percent of like mineral leases that the state owns or, you know, coal leases, things like that. And then you would buy like the equivalent of a lottery ticket and you could charge 25 bucks or whatever. And then you would have a drawing. Now you could do it quarterly. And then if somebody won that mineral lease or wind lease or whatever, then they could become, you know, an entrepreneur themselves. Uh The state would still get a royalty on it. Sure. And then they could negotiate with, you know, requisite wind, solar, oil, coal, whoever. Mm-hmm. And then it would be kind of an egalitarian approach to spreading the whole mineral thing. And you'd get whole new ideas about how oh, to do things. But at the end of the day, the economics of it would decide... Yeah. how things went. And you're bringing fresh blood and fresh ideas into it. Because you would get some winners who know nothing about energy, but they Absolutely. would quickly find out. Okay. Absolutely. Now, yeah. I'm going to point out to you that that had been going on since after World War II mm-hmm. in the state of Wyoming. It was called the Simultaneous Oil and Gas Lease Lottery System. Okay. I put myself through college doing that. Really? Okay. Never heard yes, about that. Yes, really. So I... I applied for hundreds and hundreds of them. And at that time, it cost $10 an application. Mm. And of course, you know, you had to know what know what you're doing. But so out of maybe, oh, I don't know, four or 500, I got two. Right. And I paid for my college. That's all you needed, right? All right. All right. So anyway, if we went, you, you hit it right on the head. You get some totally new people in there starting from ground zero. 
and you might just make some new, you know, um, big shots. Yeah. Starting from nothing. Well, it would certainly okay. help you because as soon as you have control of that lease, there's going to be people who want to talk to you, and you, you can set your, your future. Oh, okay, interesting. That's exactly right, and and but you know dozens of them, and it's kind of a neat thing because the um, you know the, the pastor they get to you um, and begin the discussion, and then you, at the end of the day, you can hire somebody yeah. to help you, of right. course and pay them a percentage whatever and it would be it would be healthy for the state to look at getting back into that all right thank you john right. appreciate it john yep. calling in Have from toronto sure so here's my and, and this is where I'll, I'll write up an article on this <clears throat> but i really hadn't I'd, I'd put some thought into it but not that much until this last news and information break when we had gotten talk uh, talking about the all of the above approach so if you're missing what happened mike from over in laramie had called in What's with these commercials from the Wyoming Energy Alliance? Why? Hang on, hang on. Hold that thought, Glenn. Smokey about electricity. Morning. How you doing, Glenn? Very good, sir. What you got? There's, I've been in this industry for a lot of years, hmm. both the sea and the shore. Right. There's only one way to make reliable electricity, and only one. Yeah. And that's spin a magneto. Okay. How you spin it, you know, you can use an engine on it. You put a gas turbine on it, that's going to burn a lot of fuel. Yeah. Or you put a, a, a steam turbine. Right. How you how you cook the water, you can use coal, mm-hmm. oil, nuclear. You can use hydroelectric. Sure. But you got to spend a magnet. Wind turbines don't do it. Right. And they're, they're a waste of time and energy. Uh, solar panels are deadly on the environment. Mm-hmm. But you, and if you're going to go to a steam turbine, you know, we have clean burning coal now. Yeah. In fact, in 2013, the Ohio State University ran a pilot plant, ran a, a 200-hour experiment where they chemically burned coal 99% clean. Yeah. Right. But it didn't match Obama's narrative, so it got shelved. Right. This is where I've had a discussion with the governor several times over that. You can go ahead and try to capture. CO2 is not a pollutant. They still want to capture it, though, and put it in the ground to try to appease the cult of climate change. You know, we got to capture CO2, store it in the ground. We can't. We have to capture it because you know, it doesn't matter. Go ahead and do that. They still want to shut down coal. They want to keep it in the ground. They also want to do the same thing with oil and natural gas. The problem, though, Smokey, as you know, is you can't make a wind turbine, especially a solar panel. Solar panels are made with petroleum and coal. You can't make it without it. I don't know what they're going to do. And it doesn't matter how long you spend a wind turbine. Yeah. It's never going to create as much energy as it took to build it. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. You know, you got to have coke. Yeah. Even if you run an electric steel furnace. Yeah. You have to coke the furnace. Well, especially creating that energy when we need it the most. We're heading into wintertime. It's going to get really cold. On those extra cold nights, we're going to need extra power, and the wind turbines will not be turning. No. Yeah. You look out here across... We're going to go down to Laramie, pick up my grandson uh, day before Christmas. Right. And that trip down here, you watch, you count the number of, of windmills you see between... Uh, Casper and Laramie, mm-hmm. and then count how many are turning. Yeah, 
That would be interesting. Waste, okay. Waste that would be it's interesting to take a look at, because I, I would have to go ahead and, let's say, run a time-lapse camera, which I'm capable of doing, to see over a period of time, do a study over a period of time, what percentage of all of those wind turbines are actually turning. Yeah. Hmm. Now, what people don't seem to understand about a steam turbine, well, we'll just run them in emergency. Yeah. Well, you you need more? Crank it you up. You can't light a steam turbine off a steam yeah. boiler Yeah. like that. The little ones we used to have on, on destroyers back when I was in the Navy, hmm. cold start took six hours. Right. You can't talk, light a big one up or shut one down just on a whim. Right. That's why we have diesel generators for backups. Right. Because you can start them up by looking at them. Yeah. Anytime you want. All right, Smokey. Thanks for calling in. I'll explain why I am no longer in any way for the all of the above. Well, I never really was, but I'll debunk the all of the above approach. Just a minute. 916. Wake up one. Like a strong cup of coffee in the morning. Tasteless, but it'll get you through the day. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Nine twenty-two is the time to wake up, Wyoming. All right, uh, real quick before I get into the topic here, off to my right, the ridiculously large television they put in the studio with me. One of the they, this I have it on a channel which is like Fox News Raw and live now, and what it is is just the uh, screens they have right now, three different windows open up there, just showing live video from wherever. There's no commentators, there's no anchors at this moment, none of that. They just so here's what's going on: the bottom right window. Breaking mass shooting in Prague. Now it's got to be fake news because according to Obama and other people, mass shootings don't happen in other developed countries like if you're in Europe or someplace like that. They don't have mass shootings. Really? Then what's that? Yes, they do have mass shootings. All right, so I decided I'll go ahead and write up an article and maybe develop the idea a little bit more. But So it starts with, over in Laramie, Mike gives us a call and talks about the Wyoming Business Alliance running ads saying, hey, go call your Wyoming senators and thank them for the all-the-above approach to energy. And I think I've decided the best way to attack this is say, no, we don't want an all-of-the-above approach. We want a free market approach. The idea that, oh, no, we got to use everything. No, no, no. Because, see, I think one of the best ways to win an argument is to not appease the other side by telling them what they want to hear, even though it's not true. So the idea that, you know, calling it carbon pollution and we have to capture CO2 and sequester it in the ground. No, we don't. I constantly hear conservatives talk about CO2 as if it's a pollutant. Quit doing that. It is not. It's actually good for the planet. Don't do that. Don't give in on that because it's a lie. It's not true. So when it comes to wind and solar, they call it green, clean, sustainable, reliable, affordable. And as you know, none of that's true. Not one word of that is true. And especially when, according to Mike, the commercial from the Wyoming Business Alliance talks about maintaining our landscape while putting up more wind and solar. Well, have you been to some of these areas where they put up a whole lot of wind turbines? That's not maintaining our landscape. It's horrible out there. Some of my favorite drives through Wyoming are now cluttered with wind turbines. 
and it affects the migration corridors as well as wax birds out of the sky. So no, this is not good. What we want is to let the free market decide. And the free market and, and end subsidies. No subsidies. Get government out of it. Remember, it was government that came along and said, we're going to make college affordable and accessible for everybody. College is no longer affordable. They, they even took over the college loan aspect of it. If you want to get a loan to go to college, you have to go to government to get the loan. College is no longer affordable. It's hard to get into. And once you do get in there, you're probably going to walk out with a bunch of degrees that do you no good. Thank you, government, for getting involved in college. It, so many things they said that they were going to fix, they made a whole lot worse. We're going to fix health care for you. Government's going to come along and fix health care. The more government gets involved in health care, the harder it is to get to and the more expensive it is. Do you guys remember back when Obama first took office, the whole cash for clunkers thing? How well did that go over? Yeah, it really didn't. Every time government steps in and says, we're going to take over whatever program and we're going to run it and we're going to make it more efficient. Government took over education in the lower levels, the uh, public education system. How's that been working out? As a whole, speaking as a whole, because there are some good public schools out there, but as a whole, public education is not really going well. And the more government tries to fix it, the worse it gets. Now, I can go on like this. You get the idea. So government's going to fix our energy, and they promise to make it clean, green, sustainable, affordable, reliable. Is that what we're getting? Your electric bills are going up. They're using wind and solar, which is worse for the environment, not better. It's more expensive. Even though they keep telling us it's less expensive, it is not. You know you've seen your electric bill. And it certainly isn't reliable. As our friend in uh, Torrington was telling us. Yeah, it's not reliable at all. When as soon as it starts getting cold out there. I love doing this every time we have a... Um, Real good cold spell. I love pointing out to people, if you're waking up nice and warm this morning, you're not nice and warm because of the wind turbines or the solar panels. They're not doing anything. It was dark last night while the temperatures dropped down sub-zero. So your solar panels weren't providing you with any energy. And the wind isn't blowing because it's so cold, the wind can't blow. And in many cases, ice will go ahead and gather up on your wind turbine blades. So the wind turbine blades are not turning. So what's keeping you warm this morning, I will ask people. It's your coal power plant. It's your natural gas power plants. And if they need more energy, as it gets colder, they just crank it up. And that is affordable, reliable, and clean energy. So the idea, well, government needs to make sure that we have an all-of-the-above approach. No. That's trying to appease and give in flat out tell them. Wyoming is interested in actual clean, CO2 is not a pollutant, actual clean, reliable and affordable energy. And that energy is coal and natural gas, which we produce here, by the way, in large abundance. 
And by the way, we in the state of Wyoming, has de- we've decided that government needs to get out of the energy industry and let the people in the energy industry do what they do. Because they know how to do what they do. Government doesn't. Politicians don't know how to run a power plant or a coal mine. Or even wind and solar, for that matter. They don't know how to run because they're, they're politicians. They know how to get elected. They know how to run these companies. They have no idea. Coming up on 930, local business coming your way. That's news time. And your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Cold. This show contains sarcasm that some listeners may find disturbing. A sense of humor is advised. Chat with Glenn live on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Nine thirty-six. The time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, coming up to tomorrow, I do have some regular topics for you, but most of it's going to be nonsense because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's Christmas Eve on this program for you and I. So while I will bring up some of the regular stuff, there's a whole lot of other stuff because we're getting to Christmas. Let's see if I can get onto things for a while. That just puts us in a better mood. Then Monday is Christmas. And Miss Mary and I are taking Monday and Tuesday off. Okay. And then we're back live on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And so we'll work like a three-day week, but we'll get two, those two days off. And part of the reason for taking Tuesday off, first off, Miss Mary took a look at how much time I have accrued here that I could, I could take another two weeks off if I wanted to. I've taken two weeks off this year. I spread them out. But I could do another, but I'm not going to. I just and, and Frank Gambino was asking me why not. And I said, because first off, believe it or not, I really like I love what I do and I would rather be here doing this. Some people think that's strange because you like going to work if you had this job, wouldn't you? This is great. But I will take that extra day off because I know that the day after Christmas, what's happening in the news really? Not a whole lot. Unless something really big breaks, there's nothing really going on. I also know that most people aren't going to be out and about anyway, so as far as listeners and callers. Now, as for those people who want programs still, we will have repeats on the air. Miss Mary collects what she thinks is the best of this program, and so that'll be put on. Also, you can always go back and listen on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Uh, the Wake Up Wyoming app, when you, it's free at your, at your app store. Just download Wake Up Wyoming, and when you open it, touch on demand, touch Wake Up Wyoming, touch the episode that you want. And you can listen anytime you want. Now, by request, and we'll play this again tomorrow, too, of course. There's a funny fat man in a silly red suit Stuck in the smoke hole of our teepee There's a funny fat man in a silly red suit Stuck in the smoke hole of our teepee. Ho, 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 he thinks he's talking in the air. No, 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 ain't no way we'll let him in. Not no funny fat man in the silly red suit. Stuck in the smoke hole of our teepee. Grandma's skinning his deer and grandpa's cooking up the meat from the Bad man in a silly red suit, stuck in the smoke hole of our 
taking his boots and uncle stripping down the sled of the funny fat man in a silly red suit stuck in the smoke hole of our teepee. play that somebody has to step up and say but Glenn that's so politically incorrect it was written by a Native American medicine man elder from South Dakota very well respected he travels all around North America and into Canada working with different tribes because he's a medicine man he's the one who wrote that and recorded that and so pff, what would he did that just blow your mind now what, what are you gonna complain about now <clears throat> okay, nothing. So now, not only are all the tribes allowed to laugh at that, but so are you. Because it's irreverent and funny. And I don't know about you, but personally, I kind of live for that stuff. Well, I, no. And the more irreverent, the funnier it tends to be, right? I'm glad we had this little talk. Let's wake up. This program is intended for immature audiences only. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Weekdays at 6, on air, on Alexa, and 24-7 on the Wake Up Wyoming app. 9.47 to time. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. There, Frank, there are certain gifts out there that I look at, and I think if you're getting yourself this gift or, or somebody else's gift, that basically you've just admitted that you blew it and you're a loser. Well, you can be late to the party. Yes. So, and I think that's pretty self-evident. Like, hey, did you get this, like, this yeah. morning? Yes. See, now, yeah. Like when you go swinging by the convenience store and rush in to see what's there. Yeah, you, you know, get, you, you know what? Yeah. It, it used to be when, when you like, years ago when I knew people who smoked, if it was... Yeah, I couldn't really find something. Here's a yeah. carton of cigarettes. Well, there you go. It was go. only 40 yeah. bucks at the time. Well, pff, you know, fine, yeah. <laughs> See, I, there was back when I was in my early, like, 20s, there was a very attractive young lady that I was dating, and she was impressed how often I showed up uh, to see her uh, carrying a rose. Oh. Well, she was so impressed until she figured out that I was swinging by a convenience store on my way to see her, <laughs> and they had flowers there, so. <laughs> oh, no, you know what? You could have gone even lower than that. <laughs> yeah. And say, say, go into somebody's yard and just pick one for yourself. Oh, my God, go into a grave yard and go no, take a look. Just, right. just your neighbor's yard. You okay. Know. Now, one of the loser gifts that's out there is scented candles. But yeah, then. you can make up for it. Because hey, you just walk in, I'll get a scented candle, they'll love a scented candle, whatever. I have, and I brought this into uh, my hangar because I'm partners in an airplane, right? Okay. And we have a desk there. And I brought in a candle 
that is jet fuel flavored. It's called Jet Fuel in the Morning. Okay, and and how does that uh, it's, go over with the ladies? They thought it was hysterical. Oh. The, well, the, no, the partners in the plane thought it was hysterical. Nobody else wants to light it. <laughs> well, no, you'll, you'll blow the hanger yeah. up. Yeah, okay. Uh, let me see. Hardware store. The scent of a hardware store. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me see. I like this one. It just says on the bottle, as I'm enlarging here, Dear sister, thanks for being my sister. If I had a distance, different sister, I would have a punched her in the face. And I, I and I got you. So that's a candle that you can oh. light. <laughs> how, about, how about something that, you know, uh, like, like smells like a Big Mac? Uh, here's one called, hey, that would be good. Like, oh, But then oh, I'd be hungry Mac. all the time. Yeah. Here's one called Swamp Thing. I don't know what that's supposed to smell like. Um, a swamp. How about a candle that smells like maple syrup? Dude, that's not so bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, not, I could do a maple so syrup thing. Let's see here. Um, okay, th- I don't know what to do with one that just says smells weird. I don't know what that is. Well, and, somebody will have to find out. Maybe, yeah. maybe it changes flavors after it, it burns down to the bottom. Oh, wait, wait. Okay, I've got to get this one. Um, there's a scented candle called Burning Rome. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, for the person that has a good sense of humor or that you hate, there's one called Monkey Farts. Yeah, and... Now, um, yes. They'll probably re-gift that to somebody else. I am sure, yeah. Uh, Dragon's blood. I don't know what dragon's blood smells like, but neither do they. It's okay. Hey, Miss Mary, there is a candle called Dog People. Smells like unconditional love. (laughs) Wow. And there could be, you know, a, a candle like dog poop. Yeah, there is. Actually, there is there is a dog poop candle that you can get. I was passing that one by. I am so glad you <laughs> said that, and I didn't say that. But yes, there is a dog poop candle over here. All right, Mary, you got two of them coming to you. Men's college basketball: the Wyoming Cowboys got to seven and four last night with a seventy-eight sixty-five victory over South Dakota State in the Sun Bowl tournament in El Paso, Texas. Cowboys reeled off twelve straight points in the second half to give them some cushion. A quail cut led the way for UW with twenty-two points on eight of fourteen from the field. Cowboys had a good shooting night, fifty percent from the floor. They'll play UTEP tonight, old-fashioned whack battle in that Sun Bowl tournament. Miners edge Norfolk State last night, sixty-seven sixty-five. That Cowboy game versus UTEP starts at seven p.m. and we'll have that for you on K two. Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Women's College Basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls are in Las Vegas for a tournament. They'll play right state from Ohio at 3.30 this afternoon, Mountain Time. Cowgirls have lost three in a row, so they're four and five on the year. And UW sits, uh, it plays right state this afternoon in eastern Washington tomorrow in that Vegas tournament. Wyoming Cowboy football team with new head coach Jay Sawvels announced their recruiting class for the early signing period. Four in-state players are part of the group. The big one literally is Sheridan lineman Alex Haswell, who's an all-state lineman on offense and defense, named the 4A Lineman of the Year. Three other in-state guys earn preferred walk-on status, which means they don't have a scholarship, but they can get one down the road. That includes Chinese running back Drew Jackson, who was an All-State running back for the T-Birds. In 4A, he was also an All-State defensive back. Also getting a preferred walk-on spot is Cheyenne South kicker Keelan Anderson, who's the real deal. He kicked a 61-yard field goal this past season, which was a state record. Another preferred walk-on is Douglas offensive lineman Tegan Seeds. He was a 3A All-State pick on the 
O-line this past year and was named the 3-8 lineman of the year. Also, Coach Savell has named Aaron Bull the team's new defensive coordinator, the son of outgoing head coach Craig Bull. Aaron has been with the Cowboys since 2000, since 2017 when he started out as a grad assistant, and then since 2020, he was the Cowboys linebackers coach. Savell still needs to hire an offensive coordinator with Tim Polisek leaving to be the head coach at North Dakota State. That's it in sports. There's a candle called Pot Roast Dinner. No, I don't like pot roast. No, what? You know, it's if it's not done right, it's all the same. No, it's got. And, and then you yeah. eat, the, then you end up get, eating the string that no, it's around. It's, yeah, it's got to be slow cooked during the course of a day in a crock pot, yeah. and it's really good. Uh, here's from the Stinky Candle Company, the a gasoline candle. <laughs> There's a cheese candle. Pick your favorite flavor of cheese. Okay. Uh, I'm skipping that one. I wouldn't say that on the air. Okay. okay. Um, scent of pestilence candle. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Mac and cheese candle. Well, there you go. See, the problem is some of this food candle stuff makes me... Oh, a, a buttered popcorn candle? See, this is the stuff we need to have around here. Uh-huh. Because then people won't actually try to bake for food. They'll just right, smell the candle. Yeah. Ramen noodle candle. No. Uh, trail mix candle. Yes. Yeah, trail. You like trail mix candles? Absolutely. Candle? See, again, I'm opposed to the food ones because then I get hungry. But then again, if I'm sniffing the candle and not eating the food, yeah. I'm okay. losing weight, yeah. right? Yeah, don't put your nose too close to the flame. Next thing you know, I'm going to be eating the candle. Thank okay. you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we got to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local, update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Well.